the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back in to the Bruce Willis Show. I'm Jack Windsor, Editor-in-Chief of The Ohio Press Network, filling in for Bruce. Real quickly, I just want to remind you, there are a lot of people who get engaged over the holidays. If you're looking for a venue, make sure you check out thelegacyonpossumrun.com. That's the legacy on possumrun.com. When you go there, you can book a tour, you can see the venue, you can check pricing, also the calendar so you can see what dates are available. And you're going to discover pretty quickly why this is the venue that Ohioans are raving about. So get to the legacy on possumrun.com. Your legacy begins here. Okay. Uh, you know, one of the things we've heard since issue one passed in Ohio and we've kind of heard it with the presidential debates, too, is that abortion is an issue that the president should essentially punt on because it's a state's rights issue, as well as candidates for U.S. Senate, that the Supreme Court said what the movement had fought 50 years for, which is this is the decision based on, I believe it's the Sixth Amendment, that states get to determine on their own. Uh, but Mark in Cleveland wants to ask about issue one and abortion, and I really appreciate that. I uh, can't wait to hear his question. Mark, welcome to the Bruce Woolley Show. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing well. Can you hear me okay, Jack? I can, absolutely. We've got Bernie here as well. Hey, hey, Bernie. Um, well, thanks so much for taking my question. I really appreciate your time. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I want to ask about uh, abortion. I think, you know, uh, like you and a lot of folks around the state, I was really disappointed by the result that we got in November. I know that Bernie... Um, and some of the other folks running for U.S. Senate, too, were really strong on issue one and have been saying, you know, that this isn't the end of the fight, that we can still uh, ban abortion if we get the Senate back and, and the White House. But, you know, I've been seeing on Facebook lately that uh, I, I think Bernie, and, you know, this is what I want to hear from him, I think he is, has said lately that he won't vote to ban abortion in the Senate. Um, and I'm just really concerned about that. I think, you know, that that's the only step we have left is we, we have to ban abortion nationwide. That's the only way we can, you know, protect life and, and keep this movement going. So I want to understand why he's backing away from banning abortion. Mark, thank you for your question. Bernie. Yeah, well, let me just say uh, right off the outset, I'll always work to protect life, to save as many babies as humanly possible. Uh, that's uh, I'm pro-life. That's what my faith teaches me. To a large extent, that's what biology teaches me. Uh, but I think at the outset, we talked about, by the way, never correct your host, but it's the 10th Amendment uh, that puts things back in the States. It uh, is the 10th. I'm <laughs> sorry. Know. Why did I say – oh, because I'm, all, I'm thinking about is – it, is it the Sixth Amendment, uh, right to due process, yes. fair trial? There you go. Yeah, I got January 6th in my mind. It's swimming around in there. Thank you, Bert. <laughs> That's okay. No. So the enumerated powers, uh, we have to be constitutional conservatives. We have to respect that the Constitution gave the federal government a certain – uh, role to play within the government. I think as a United States senator who swears to abide by that constitution, we should do that. I think that was the point of the Dobbs decision is to say this is uh, predominantly a, a decision for the voters of each state to decide. Uh, but there are some things that we can do. Let's put together some federal policies that are very pro-mom that make it less expensive to have a baby, less expensive 
to raise a family, uh, that we make certain that we have a, a good health care system uh, for all, of course, especially women, that they have access to birth control. And I think that what we can look at doing in the federal level is, uh, doing a, is having a scenario where states can be as restrictive as they choose, the voters of that state decide that, but at a federal level, can we look towards maybe having a floor that after 15 weeks, there's some common sense restrictions after 15 weeks. I think that's something that we should take a look at possibly putting that in place. By the way, puts us in line with pretty much the rest of the world, except for China, Russia, and North Korea. I think this issue is interesting because you look at my opponent, which is Sherrod Brown, and you say he's the extremist because he's the one that believes that my daughter, who had a baby a month and a half ago, could have, could have had an abortion two months ago. Mm-hmm. That, right. So late-term abortions is something that doesn't uh, uh, resonate with the vast majority of Americans. Uh, also don't believe that we should have federal funding for abortion. So I think those are some things that we can agree with. I would say one more thing to your listeners, Jack, is as we go into the holidays and we're traveling, if you see a mom traveling with a baby, instead of scoffing at her as she's uh, you know, trying to get this whole kit of stuff that you need to do on a plane, help her. Uh, you know, help, help the moms when they, when they need help. Let's, let's create more opportunities to fund pregnancy centers to make certain that uh, women have the options and know what is available to them. Those are the things that we can do is, is uh, really be a pro-mom, pro-family policy uh, around uh, uh, federal, federal issues. And I think we can get that done. Thank you for answering that question. I know that's a tough one. I would also chime in and say that I think if we help fathers be involved, particularly fathers that uh, are involved in a pregnancy where they're unwed, I think that's important. The, the numbers are staggering. When a woman does not feel as if the father of the child is going to be involved, the incidence of abortion goes up tremendously. When she feels like the father wants to be involved and can be involved, that number goes down quite a bit. And so, you know, we were talking off air about some legislation statewide. I know this doesn't have anything to do with federally and it's out of the purview of the Senate. Uh, but there's a bill in Ohio that would allow fathers to have, you know, 50 percent responsibility, 50 percent time. And I think it's it's things like that 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 edify the family, that edify the involvement of both parents who, by the way, are responsible for creating the baby. You know, there are some other big issues as it relates to uh, the 24 election cycle, Bernie. And I think another one of those is energy. Mm -hmm. And uh, right now, as it sits, it looks like uh, U.S. energy production, 36 percent comes from natural gas, 31 percent from petroleum, 13 percent from renewable energy, 12 percent coal. And uh, is that 8 percent? Nuclear. Um. What do you think is broken with America's energy policy, and, and how would you purport to fix it? We have an irrational shift towards uh, specific technology that is called green energy. It's not very green. If you look at the uh, the carbon footprint of creating windmills and solar panels, uh, first of all, most of which are made outside the United States. In the case of solar, most of it made in China. Uh, I don't think you can make a good case that that's green, given what goes into making those, installing those, servicing those uh, products. I think we need to have a mantra in America where we want to be an energy-dominant nation, where we have reliable, affordable, and abundant energy. Without those three things, uh, you're gonna ha- you're gonna, we're going to continue to see high inflation, uh, which is devastating our working class, devastating our seniors. So we need to unleash American energy to the point where America is energy dominant. It doesn't make sense for us to shut down a coal plant in America 
while China's building a new one every week or every other week. Because at the end of the day, we share the same planet. I've seen our coal mines firsthand. I was in Cadiz on Saturday. Uh, we do coal exponentially cleaner, safer, and better than China. So for us, we need to have that uh, that reliable energy. Coal is a very reliable energy. We should have a moratorium on closing coal plants. We should be looking at expanding nuclear. Nuclear is something that is obviously probably the most actual green energy. Yep. Uh, again, we want to have a country where we have total energy dominance worldwide. And when we get to that place, uh, we will drive down pricing and we'll have national security as well. Yeah, it's always interesting to me. There are two pieces. Number one, it seems that communist countries like China get a free pass on producing dirty energy. And the press comes after America where we have this diverse basket of energy. It's crazy to me, which always and I know I sound like a conspiracist that always makes me feel like there's some nefarious Marxist force behind the curtain really trying to pummel the United States and promote China globally. Um, And then, you know, nuclear energy. Every time that comes up, there's some bad marketing. You know, there's some black eyes. There have been some really bad incidents of death and destruction ages ago, ages ago. Um, but do you think 30 seconds here, do you think that that is the area that we can grow the most, if you will, energy wise? Yeah, absolutely. And we should be putting a lot of research into nuclear fusion because that obviously would be a great answer. But again, at the end of the day, uh, America needs to produce uh, a lot of energy and use the resources that we have here, especially in Ohio. We have incredible natural gas. That's what's going to allow us to bring manufacturing back. That's what's going to allow us to grow our middle class. You know, go back to the question that we talked about earlier about families. You want to have strong families in America? Let's bring manufacturing back. Amen to that. Hey, uh, we have one more segment on the other side of this break. We're going to talk to Bernie about what it's going to take to turn this country around. And uh, we'll take any calls you have, 844-TALK-989. Stay tuned to The Bruce Woolley Show. Time flies when you're having fun. That's what we're doing here today on 98.9 FM. The answer. I'm joined in studio by GOP candidate for U.S. Senate, Bernie Marino. And, uh, man, he's he's taking the tough questions and having some really good conversation. We've talked we've talked Browns. We've talked the uh, 2020 election. Uh, we've talked about Trump. We've talked about energy. And what else? The border. Let me ask you this. I I sit here and I talk every day and then I go home at night and I have a hard time sleeping. Because I just think that there is so much that we're on the verge of really going in the wrong direction. But there's this old principle called the Pareto principle where 20% of the inputs produce 80% of the outputs. Where you sit, you realize you go to the Senate, you can't do 100 things. But if you could do two or three things to really turn this ship around, what would those things be? So we have to restore – We have to restore – uh, this nation to our constitutional principles. Uh, our founders spent a lot of time designing what this form of government should look like. We're trying to do too much in Washington, D.C. We're trying to run this country remote control from one small city, trying to control 300 plus million people. It doesn't work that way. The b- best form of government is local government. I think we need, we need to restore liberty and freedom, get government 
out of our way for the most part. None of that can happen if we keep sending career politicians to Washington, D.C., Jack. Because what happens is if you're going to D.C. as a job, as a career, you're going to do what makes best sense for you and your advancement instead of what's good for the country. So we have to change the dynamic of who we send. We need outsiders. We need to go back to what our founders were, which is predominantly farmers who went to D.C. to serve and had to come home because somebody had to tend the fields. I don't think they would have imagined creatures like Joe Biden or Chuck Schumer or Nancy Pelosi who were there for you know their whole lives. So I think we got to change that. I think there's some easy ones that I could give you as an example. Yep. I think we can get rid of the Department of Education. I think in, that's a twofer. Uh, we put parents in local communities back in charge of their kids' schools, which most people should agree with. And it also dismantles the uh, money laundering union Democrat operation. Uh, which I think is both of those things uh, are important. And I think getting rid of the Department of Education is something that we can do in year one. When President Trump wins re-election, we win the Senate, we keep the House. You know, it's funny. I actually, at 12.06, uh, I'll have a guest on from the Freedom Foundation to talk just about that, about the union money that, that comes in and through our education apparatus, it just does some really liberal wacko stuff. In our schools. Yeah. And, and again, parents in local communities should be in charge of what their kids are being taught. That that shouldn't be uh, controversial, yet it is because, of course, the Democrats need that money laundering operation to fund their campaigns. Uh, but we can do that. By the way, there is no constitutional right for a Department of Education. That's even the more important thing, because, again, either we believe in the Constitution or we don't. Uh, and restoring that is really important. We talked about energy. We talked about the border. I think those are also two other things that can happen in a new administration. I think President Trump in his second term will be the most transformational president in American history. I think he's going to be the person that restores us back to our constitutional principles. And I think by July 4th of 2026, when we celebrate the 250th anniversary of this country, we're going to uh, feel really proud and really happy about the fact that this country's back. So let's talk about that. <clears throat> let's talk about President Trump in 24. Uh, we, we said that he's, you know, plus 10 on the economy. When you look at age, he's younger. When you look at prices, prices were much better under his administration. But I just can't get out of my crawl this idea that we're going to see shenanigans in the 24 election. What do you think about that? Well, we don't know. The mind of the left is uh, so evilly creative. Uh, but what we have to do, Jack, is we have to show up in mass. We cannot be complacent. Let's get our friends registered to vote. Let's chase absentee ballots. Let's make sure people are voting early. Let's make certain that our voices aren't silenced. Let's go out there and knock on doors, pass out literature, volunteer, do whatever it takes, be a poll watcher. We got to put an all-out assault. President Trump can't do this by himself. He needs all of us firmly engaged. Look at me. I never thought I'd be doing this. I'm not the guy, you know, my opponents, maybe they dreamed about being a senator when they were kids. Uh, I did not. Uh, but here I am. We all have to do our part to get this country back. I'm glad that you said that uh, because it looks like we have a call from Lauren in Columbus and she wants to understand the juxtaposition between you and the other candidates on the GOP side. Lauren, welcome to the Bruce Woolley Show. What's on your mind today? Hi, thanks for, thanks for letting me ask a question here. Um, I just wanted to ask uh, Mr. Moreno, 
you know, your opponents were raised with a silver spoon in their mouths. I think we all know that. Um, I also think we know it's important that our elected officials know how to, to struggle and work like, you know, average Ohioans. Can you speak to how and, you know, what separates you from your opponents when it comes to their privilege background? Yeah, absolutely. So I got to Cleveland about 20 years ago. Uh, the, the joke I tell is that everybody thought because I'd bought a Mercedes-Benz dealership that I was a multimillionaire, and I said they were right. I owed multiple millions of dollars. <laughs> I woke up every day at 2 o'clock in the morning not certain if I could make payroll. Uh, every single day I was either going to succeed or go broke. Uh, so I know what that struggle is like. I also, more importantly, know the types of people that helped me make that company successful, hardworking technicians, hardworking salespeople, hardworking receptionists, lot guys, car wash people that I could see over and over again how this government and these policies made it worse for them. This is why I'm running, is to make certain that we equal the playing field. The other piece is on policy. There's a lot of difference between me and my opponents. So my two opponents and Sherrod Brown are vehemently against term limits. I'm the chair of U.S. term limits for Ohio. I think we need term limits. Both of my opponents and Sherrod Brown want to take whatever billions of dollars it takes to, to fund Ukraine and fund that government. Uh, I'm not. I think we should be driving towards peace. Both of my opponents and Sherrod Brown uh, think that we should provide amnesty to illegal migrants here in this country. I do not. I think that if you're here illegally, you must be deported, and we should have only legal immigration in this country. And both of my opponents and Sherrod Brown have absolutely never cut costs. They've never, ever lowered the cost uh, for their department, whether it's being Secretary of State or in the State Senate. They've only raised uh, costs. They've only increased spending. Our politicians are geared to do that whereas business people are geared to do the opposite. So this is definitely a contrast election. I'm an outsider. They're professional politicians, 30 years between them. Uh, the good news is in every metric possible, we're, gonna, we're winning and, because I think, Jack, what I hear and care what I hear is people are done with career politicians. They're just done with career politicians, and they want to get this country back. So we have about 30 seconds left, Bernie. Um, what message would you want to leave with our listeners? That was pretty strong, by the way. <laughs> Maybe uh, what final message and then where can they go to learn more or support your campaign? If they could go on BernieMarino.com, M-O-R-E-N-O.com. This is a grassroots campaign. We have over 3,600 contributors at the end of September. Uh, Dolan had 600, LaRose had 200. So we have much more support uh, around the entire state uh, than they do. And my message is simple. Join me. Uh, this is an outsider grassroots campaign. I can't do this by myself. Uh, we need, if we're going to change DC, let's change who we send to DC. This is what I do all day, every day. I've sold all my business interests, and I'm committed to making certain that this happens. He is Bernie Marino. He is a GOP candidate for U.S. Senate. And man, we are so grateful that you spent this time with us. I know you have a hundred other things you could do. So thank you for investing time with us this morning, Bernie. Thank you, and Merry Christmas to you and everybody else. God bless you. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you for listening to The Bruce Woolley Show. Hour number two is next. Uh, you won't want to miss the guests that we have from the Freedom Foundation to talk about union money. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.